This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Welcome to Spice Bags. We are three opinionated ladies who talk about international food in Ireland. I'm Dee Laffin. I'm joined by Mei Chin and Blanca Valentia. And today we are doing a cozy chat about one of our favorite topics, <laughs> fast food, uh, which means something different to each of us. And because we all come from different countries and different backgrounds. And also we feel like fast food is something that internationally there's a bigger story going on in every country and culture. So we're looking forward to diving into that today but first of all we just wanted to uh, remind you that we published a cookbook this year Yay! <laughs> the fifth blaster book um published by uh kristen jensen and it is called soup and in it we have uh curated a collection of soup recipes from friends and podcast uh, soup by the way is not a fast food Yes, soup is not a fancy. <laughs> I wonder, is there any culture where it is? Um, but it's, uh, sorry, yeah, we created a collection of recipes from friends and from guests who we've had on the podcast and people we've just met over the years here in Ireland, um, all from different countries and backgrounds as well. And they gave us their soup, whether it was from their country or interpretation of a famous soup from their country. So you'll find soups from Poland, Korea, Colombia, yeah, <laughs> Philippines, Philippines, Ireland, um, France. So yeah, it's um on sale. You'll find it at blastabooks.com and you can pick it up. It's not expensive. It's a really good uh one to have to give to people because people love soup. We all have a soup. And also um the Blaster Book series is really beautiful. So and it's beautifully illustrated by Nikki Hooper. Um, so you can if you like that one, there are four others and three others coming this year. So um, definitely have a look out for it. We were honored recently. I mean, we've gotten I'm not I mean, we're being self-promotional, now, but we've gotten really good feedback about it. I'm really proud of that to say that. Um, and one of the reviews we got was from uh, John and Sal- Sally McKenna. Uh, McKenna's guides who like I mean for us it's just like getting such an amazing um, review from we respect them so dearly and everyone does um, I'm just going to read a small um, I'm just going to read it yeah Will I read just it, read it read, Will I read all of it okay so um, it might seem strange to say that if you are trying to understand how Ireland has changed in the last 25 years you will find a great many answers in a book called soup on the face of it, Soup is a cookery book written by three prominent Irish food mavens, D. May and Blanca. Um, their work is supplemented by a raft of intriguing and creative contributors and the recipes are dazzling and funky. But in the same way that books of old used to have supplementary titles like Jonathan Swift's satire Gulliver's Travels is properly called Gulliver's Travels or Travels into Several Remote Nations of the World, so soup might be fully entitled soup or voyages into the food systems and practices of contemporary Ireland with recipes, <laughs> which I love that. Um, soup is a snapshot of who we are today and what we eat. It is a mezcla, if I pronounce that right, yeah. a mezcla where Ahmed Didi's Turkish red lentil soup sits alongside Sasha Thank you. <laughs> so sorry, Sasha. <laughs> Sasha's recipe for Ukrainian borscht. The book is both a manifesto and a curriculum because the authors show a continuum between Myrtle Allen's watercress soup and sopa de tortilla from the Dublin food truck El Milagro. Uh, we can describe their thesis as exploring both the con- continuity 
of change and the origin of influence. They describe an Irish food world that is everything, everywhere, all at once, and they tell this story with subtlety and respect. Soup is a jewel in a bowl. I got goosebumps just reading it. I love oh, that review. I just love I that review. It's so cool. Thank you so much, John and Sally. We genuinely couldn't have gotten a better review and from people we respect so dearly. And also for everyone, I know Georgina Campbell gave it a shout out. Um, Irish Times BBC. We were in the BBC Travel Magazine. Thank you so much to Kate Ryan who interviewed us for that. Um, Katie McGuinness in the Irish Independent. We really, really appreciate all the coverage. Um, we're very proud of the book, as we said, and it is still on sale now. So we'll have more over the coming year. Um, hopefully do some events. We should do some soup yeah. events and get our contributors involved. And we'd love you to meet them. They're just absolute, all of them are absolute gems of people. So we want to get those soups out there into the world for people to try. But um, going back to our topic of today. Fast food. <laughs> May and I, I think, always have discussions about fast food more so we maybe than it. yeah. <laughs> so Longest, long a snob of the three of us, <laughs> and so like D and I, this is our this yeah. is our passion. We definitely were brought up on on fast food. I think. Yeah. Um. So I'm sorry to my my parents, my family for saying that, but um. No, what I mean is, it has a place in my life and still does. Last night, I had takeaway for dinner. <laughs> I did. I had fast food. So um, what what is a fast food, guys? What are we talking about exactly here? Yeah, I guess the thing is, is like, how do we define fast food? Right. Because right now in Ireland, I've seen this sort of, you know, everyone's like, oh, street food. It's so trendy. It's so, That's you know, something new. Is street so food just a new? And though, it's like basically food? street food is fast food. Right. Like, you know, if you are I mean, I would say like if you're in Taipei and Taiwan or if you're in China, you know, like that's how people eat in Hong Kong. Like you have tiny, tiny kitchens. A lot of people don't actually cook, and this is how you get your meals. And the the wonderful thing about street food in Asia is that it's generally um, sort of multi generational, right? Mm -hmm. So you have one person doing it, and they you know and have learned the family recipe, and they do like one thing. So you'll go from one truck. To the others, yeah. you might get you know some noodle soup, you might get um, a sausage and like sticky rice, and you know and that's mm. you know, but but they do it well, and kind of that's also American fast food. Right? But can I just interrupt you there and say, isn't the difference between street food and fast food like, isn't there some street food where the duck or the chicken has been or pork or whatever has been you know smoked or cooked for like twenty four hours and then it's served up? like on a street food on a, on a hawk with a hawker or whatever but like isn't fast food the definition that it's something that is served up to you fast or it's cooked fast i don't think so because i think if you think i mean okay so one of um as a chinese yes. one of our favorite fast food places is kfc yes right so kfc <laughs> is um you know that's been marinated right like you got like your yeah. whole like you know your spices and everything like that and you know and then it's fried so it's not made on the spot and i could argue maybe that mcdonald's also isn't not is not made on the spot right like it's but i was going to say the difference to me is that fast food has an association with like big corporations at least in my mind yeah when i think of fast food i think of taco bell McDonald's, McDonald's. Or, yeah. and when i think of street food i think of el milagro you know um but in a way like at one point mcdonald's was, was like el el milagro. Milagro. or yeah. taco bell so it's like fa fast food is the big corporations and you know like okay. people who have really capitalized on the product 
like KFC. It's funny, yeah. isn't it? I think the interpretation is. But I'm sure other people might have uh, definitions that are different. I think a- any topic that we've discussed, we can always disagree. Like, no, it's but not fast food. But <laughs> let's cover all of it. Let's cover <laughs> let's cover street let's and it. and fast food. Um, May you were kind of getting into um Taiwan there and and Taiwanese. You mentioned it. Do you want to tell us about your experience with fast food there? Oh my gosh! I mean. How long do you have? Um, I mean, you know, but, you know, not and, a whole episode, right? And so, um, you know, in Taiwan, you 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 basically there is food available twenty four seven, right? You walk out of your door, and there's food there. And um, I remember my mom actually, um, when she was a child and going to school, like uh, for breakfast, there would be um, a soy milk vendor all the time, and then you know, and so you'd have the soy milk with your fried curlers, and then you'd go to school. Right, and that's fast food, I think. Right, um, something else with Taiwan. Um, I used to love this thing it was like cold aubergine, um, and uh, and then you'd have um a cold like tofu dish, and for me that was always like a noon thing. And then at night, late at night, something I love, and um, Taiwanese people will probably also agree with this. It's um, it's called we call it ji pai, which is the Taiwanese fried chicken. Okay, I love Taiwanese so fried chicken. Good. It's oh my God. so good. And you know, and then um, and then the other thing that I love is um, the Chinese sausage, which would be stuffed inside a glutinous rice, and mm. so it's like fragrant mm. with you know star anise like from the sausage, and then you sprinkle it with ground peanuts and some coriander. Oh, so good! And then I can't like even like the the fruit juice stalls and the noodle stalls like you yeah. It's really interesting that um, Taiwan has such a vibrant street food culture, and China did too. But the you communist China, government, right, so. yeah, the communist government were like in like wanted to destroy it because they were like, oh, it's not hygienic, it's not this. So when I lived in Dalian, I would go out, find a little market, and then two weeks later it would be gone. And I'd oh, ask wow. people like, what happened? And they were like, oh no, the sanitation authorities came and closed it down, dangerous. And I was like, what? So. It was really sad how you know the government wasn't really on board with these street food vendors because mm. you could see, I mean, you could walk around and you could see people doing uh, yotai, the Chinese churros, mm. which are done totally differently to Spanish ones because it's like a, a hard. It's uh, leavened. Dough. It's with yeah. It's and they yeah. have cutters, whereas in Spain it's like you pipe this liquid into into oil, but. It was just fascinating how when you go to Taiwan and you know and you go to China and you think these are these are essentially it came from the same root, but in one country they value it and in the other country is considered dangerous and we don't want people to have an image of China of street food. I'm like what I, I didn't understand it, but anyway, like one of the most exciting places to really see how people cook is. Is China and Taiwan, yeah. I think um, my brother lived in um, Cambodia and Thailand and Laos for like a, a, lo- a long time. And he would tell me stories of the street food there, especially kind of Cambodia. And I suppose a nation that's renowned for eating everything and <laughs> that crawls. Um, but, you know, that, you know, that's where he kind of tried, you know, deep fried grasshoppers on sticks and stuff. Mm. You know, you go down the market and you pick them up or... Um, just he just said anything. They'd just be hanging different various creatures and animals just on the streets. But he always said this was it was the best place to go and eat. You know, like in mm-hmm. in Thailand as well. And um, he always kind of would go down and have like breakfast or something. You know, from the street food vendors. Um, but of course, when he moved there initially, 
um, it caused him to be very sick. But that was just yes, until I was going to say that about the hygiene thing. I mean, I remember as a child eating in China and, you know, yeah, you're going to have some gastrointestinal yeah. issues. Until always. you build up the bacteria. Until you build it up. Yeah. yeah. With well, Taiwan, yeah. you don't have that. Like oh, I really? never. Yeah. I never got any issues in Taiwan. Yeah. Well, but it's places like Singapore where street food is so regulated yep. that you wouldn't have that. But uh, I oh, always Singapore. say if you want to eat like on the street, like, you know, you go to Mexico, whatever, you just need to be a little bit smart. Be like, I'm not going to eat like a raw ceviche in the middle, you know, just. Mm. But mm. if you're having fried stuff like churros, yep. you're not going to get sick. Yeah. When I was in Kathmandu, we didn't really obviously anything meat related. We just kind of steered away from. But there was loads of fruit. Um fruit vendors as well that would kind of they would cook up the kind of fry like pineapple or different things like that on the street um there was all th- i mean there was amazing street food actually in nepal like different kind of things that they would have little cookers on the side of just these bikes and they would cook up like different fried things. pineapple yeah oh. i mean like that was just one person yeah. doing that but you could get loads of different things Um, they had lots of different kind of pastries and other things like i said that they would kind of fry up then and there for you as well it was really nice but um, I think Kathmandu is the the city of you can get anything on a, on a on a street. You know? I think also with um being Asian, I think the thing is is that we need to eat all the time. Like we are constantly snacking all the time. Like we, if you take food away from us, we get very anxious. And I think that might have you know informed in a certain way like street food culture. Yeah, definitely. I feel mm. like for I suppose to bring it to Ireland initially um fast food for us doesn't come on the street i mean i i don't think we really necessarily have a culture of i'm probably going to get loads of messages after this go no it was there <laughs> it was there years ago but like we don't have a culture of fast food being something that was like street food vendors you know like when i think about new york hot dog vendors or all those kind of pitches of things i don't think that was necessarily a thing i think that fast food for us was definitely um the introduction of the Irish chipper in the 1800s and we'll talk a bit more about that later but um, also then McDonald's came in the 70s and I think the following year I think we looked it up and McDonald's was 1977 the first McDonald's on Grafton Street in Dublin and then 1978 the first ever Supermax opened in Banlasloe in Galway so it was quite soon after that 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 kind of although they went down the chicken route rather than the burgers I suppose that was that what they were renowned for but um yeah I think every Irish person knows growing up whether country or city that there would be an Italian family with a chipper um in their town and that was fast food to us I think um also I mean I'm speaking from my generation so growing up there was always um a Chinese like I came from a very small town Tipperary maybe like 5,000 population so there was Chinese there was never really any Indian that was always for like bigger and I think more east more up around Dublin um, Indian cuisine that took a while to kind of come down the country to where I'm from but um, yeah you would always find Chinese families um, that would open up takeaways I think that what do you know May or when like the kind of first Chinese takeaways opened up in Ireland or have you any knowledge of um I it was it was very early yeah um i can't even remember um you're putting me on the spot no that's why i was yeah i think it was maybe 1940s 1950s yeah Um, because we've even spoken from when we spoke with hazel chu or some of their families i know from speaking with Susie lee as well 
their families have generations of Chinese takeaways in Ireland, mm-hmm. definitely going back to like the 50s, 60s. Um, Dee, I actually just wanted to dial back um, yeah. when you said um, that every small town had an Italian chipper. chipper. Yeah. So because... In case anyone is listening internationally, some people might be a little perplexed by this. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, let's get into the Irish chipper then. Um, so, um, the history, and May, you can help me here, is that around 1880, um, a man named... Giuseppe Servi. Giuseppe Servi um, was on his way to, I think, America, and the boat stopped in Cove, and he got off in Cove and he took a walk around and he decided to stay anyway. No, I think the boat left. Oh, the boat left. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and anyway, he's in Ireland and he started working doing construction and things like that and earned a bit of money. And when he had some money, he bought like a, a street food cart. Yes. And he was doing fried fish and chestnuts. Originally. Fried fish and chestnuts. Fried fish and chestnuts. The chestnuts was not working with the Irish audience. And I imagine an abundance of potatoes were around. So, um, yeah, he went into, um, he started doing fish and chips, basically. And when he had enough money, he bought a permanent spot on Great Brunswick Street, which is now Pier Street, mm-hmm. which is actually where we are today recording. Mm-hmm. Um, his, so the first place was on Pier Street. Yeah, um, him and his wife, Palma, and they would serve up um, fish and chips. I guess for me, the thing that I love about Irish fish and chips is that it has its separate narrative, right? Because English fish and chips was Victorian, you know, it was for the working class. But Mm -hmm. like in Ireland, it has, you know, its own story and it's an immigrant story. And so many of the chippers now, right, they're Italian or I think Beshoff's is Russian owned. Yeah. Um, So there's there's a, a mix of, I think, Russian and Italian are the main families who have generational like chains of you have the Borzas, uh the Fuscos. I know that the Fuscos a branch of them were in our town growing up. Um and also the famous Fuscos on Meath Street and the Liberties. Roma. Roma, yeah, but I think I'm not sure what all the family Macaris. So it it beca- and, and people would be like, but that's not Italian food. How did like it's almost anti Italian that the Italian people would form a historical uh, food in another country that's about fried food. Um, I think the origin of, of fried fish and, and chips comes from the Sephardic Jews who left Spain. So I was fascinated when I learned, because there's a lot of academic papers about Irish-Italian chippers, but yeah. um, the origin is Spain, like pescado frito. So of course you would try and they, claim it. Yeah, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> so fast food <laughs> yeah. does actually exist from so, Spain. <laughs> Not in yeah, Spain, but, but just from Spain. It is true that in Spain we go out to eat fried food because you don't want to do it in your house. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, that link between the expulsion of the Jews... And them going to Italy because there's a there was a there is a very still vibrant like Sephardic uh, Jewish culture in 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 Italy and that now it's become like Italian Jewish but um, yeah mm. the origin is the pescado frito so I never realized that living in London or living in Dublin oh my goodness that's like what we but are in you the sh- south of Spain are you sure because I know that the English and you were saying this may as well the English chipper history is very different from the Irish chipper history so I don't don't know if they're yeah I don't think that yeah yeah, I mean I think in England it was a Victorian thing and it was started in England maybe there was a Sephardic 
influence, influence yeah. but I do think you know it's like an England England thing. Whereas yeah. in Ireland, it's an immigrant dish. Yeah. Mm. But you have to remember, like if you think about it, the oil. Where was the oil? Like where was mm. like it's it kind of came from that tradition uh, of the south, especially the south of Spain, that they had a lot of oil and they fried a lot of fish and the Jews were very good at frying. And they also had a lot of uh, like fast food or street food places selling that in medieval Spain. So I don't know, it's 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 a link. There's a lot of papers. I'm sure there's also like people who are like thinking, oh, but that's not the real link. But there is a, a link between these communities of Sephardic Jews who were expelled from Spain and went all over Europe, which are very different to the Jews in Eastern Europe who had a yeah, totally different yeah. tradition. But um, anyway, I'm not trying to claim it as Spanish, but everything <laughs> is Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> but there was some Chinese there. The and Chinese. Invite, um, and Irish. Everything it. is Irish. <laughs> the, we invented um, it. The Irish, obviously, chipper then evolved. And I think now even actually quite a lot of Polish families have chippers as well. I think they've taken them on. There's, I mean, there's still such a place in Ireland for chipper. I just don't think there's any village or town, you know, really where there isn't one even a small one mm. to a certain degree like even you know when you think about every little suburb in Dublin has one or you know when you go down the country even um they just there's always a chipper and it's just always the same menus mm. and the same fried you know pre pre-fried pre-cooked pre-done uh food like fish the fish is already battered and um kind of fried and ready to go so that they can get it out quickly um and I just adore it. Like for me, when I was growing up, my dad, um, my mom died when I was little and my dad had to bring up the five of us. Now, some of my siblings were older and gone away, but basically he was working full time and, you know, had kids that he needed to feed. So sometimes when he would come home late, it was mostly on the weekends, he'd be like, will we get a bag of chips? And maybe we would have that with our chicken or steak or whatever. It was kind of the we just didn't have time to do the potatoes. So let's get fried potatoes. So I actually never and I think because of that I don't really order anything else in a chipper apart from chips because I don't have a relationship with getting a chipper and getting like a burger or a you know maybe chicken some pieces of chicken southern that southern fried chicken but we actually would just have chips with whatever else we were having at home um but yeah and it's definitely my 100% top go-to comfort food if I am just feeling the way you feel whether it's happy or sad and only you know that only that one comfort thing is going to make you feel good or comfort you in that way when it comes to food for me it's a bag of chips from the local chipper and with mostly with? mostly vinegar oh, i like my chips yeah. swimming in also it. also like are you a flowery chip girl no i mean i like them really, i don't like them flowery i like them really squishy and soggy yes, i like them squishy and soggy oh, no, too. i, I do like a crispy enough. like a few little crispy bits yep, but i like squishy and soggy i like squishy and soggy and that's why i love vinegar so i douse them oh, with salt okay. and then honestly yeah so much vinegar that you're sucking it out of the chip as you're eating it it's funny the first time i went to one of these uh chipper places I, i'm you know i come from a not culture just chipper places yeah. they're called chippers chippers um <laughs> i was Posh like up. why don't they have this inside the Pub, you know it was because you know, the smell from the, the culture of oh like, yeah tapas i was like you know i was in a pub blah 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 and then we had some drinks and i was like where's the food where's, where's the, the food, food? yeah, yeah that's oh, yeah. the whole pub thing shrimp scampi whatever <laughs> like and then they said let's go to the chipper and i was like yay but then i was thinking why wouldn't it be merch why wouldn't you have this because you have crisps the in the pub yeah no it was to me i was like so 
I realize now that I should have said that when people ask me what are what are I what is the closest the Irish have to tapas? It's crisps. It's no, it's the the chipper. It's the chipper, but it's, it's also going the, there and you're hanging out outside it and you're like eating it. That's the closest. Mm, yeah, but yeah. Ali Dunworth, I think, was the person who, after a trip with you as well, kind of coined the idea of that opening the bag of Tato's or Manhattan or King or whatever crisps brands that they have. They're usually one of those three. You know, you open it out flat on the table, uh-huh. a salt and vinegar and a cheese and onion, and maybe a packet of peanuts mm. um, on the table in front of your friends while you're having pints in the pub. I think that's the Irish tapas. Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. But, it's, but, it's but it's as well. not everywhere they have like, you know, a lot of the times you just have like, yeah, the peanuts, the and peanuts the and the crisps. And like, I feel like traditionally Irish people do not. And it. D, you can correct me. I think that like traditionally, like you guys don't believe in mixing drink and food. Agreed. Which we do one blows, first and then the other. Which blows my mind. And if you get it the wrong way around, <laughs> you suffer. Yeah. It's a very it's a constant. Food that first, I, then yeah. drinking. And if I, you drink first and then do food, that can be tired. I dire. couldn't get my head around it. I found it very difficult. It was like so, and the round thing is like every Spanish person has a, a tale of rounds in Ireland. <laughs> and like, what? And so, how you guys don't do them? No, you don't under it's just okay. It's just so, because it's like if you're doing six people, then you have to like you're basically going. All right, six I'm pints. gonna have six pints. It's no. a rite of passage. Yeah, no, you I have to do, do it. it. <laughs> so don't. No, I know Are the Irish rounds. We all agree. Which is another. And then can I just say, uh, I don't know if this is controversial to ask you this. Sorry to any Spanish people listening, if it's controversial. Are tapas, or is tapas? Is it our tapas? Is tapas? Are tapas fast food? I think so. I think. Um, you know, you're. I always say, and um, I think we discussed this at Meld Flower, just um, how you can't order a pint when you're having tapas because you're in, you're running, you're like grabbing a pl- thing, you're grabbing an. Oh, because you don't stay in one place and have loads of tapas like we do yeah. here. So you go. So the way people do tapas in Ireland is they go to Las Tapas de Lola and they order a bunch of stuff and they have. You can have a pint. You can have a bucket of sangria if you want. But in Spain, you're running from one place to the other, and it's like. It's an endurance sport. It's like a marathon. You have like to a go, pub crawl. Yeah, you have to go and you have to be <laughs> really energetic. You can't bring children. You have to be fit because you're like, uh, you know, screaming and pushing people out of the way in the way that in Spain we just push people and we don't say any, we don't say oh, sorry. Yeah. You just push them. You're like, and then you say, can I have some fried shrimp and a little drink? So you have it and you go somewhere else. And the beer is like literally two fingers. Una caña. Like if you ordered a pint, they'd be like, hold on because then you would have to bring it to the next yeah. place yeah hilarious so it is i think it is i'm dying to do food. i've never actually done the whole san sebastian yeah i must definitely just put it it's on in, my list yeah those the things. san sebastian would be the more expensive one but because in a lot of places tapas are free mm-hmm. with your drink then it is very competitive and it's obviously like, there's like there are mcdonald's and places yeah. like that yeah. in spain but like i mean are there any other type of Spanish fast food places? Yeah, there's a place that I adore and it's every teenager's fantasy. It's called Cien Montaditos and they're going international. Might come to Ireland. You Ooh. know, it's um, it's a place where they have the little We don't bread. even know what it is, but we're like, <laughs> it's, like Ooh. it's like little Montadito is like a bread with maybe a little bit of like uh, a veal like cutlet or some like tomatoes with tuna, you know. So they have all these permutations when you go of montaditos yeah and you order it oh that sounds so good and you have like you have deals like one coke and three montaditos for whatever this amount so that's spanish fancy i would say fancy spanish kids 
fantasy, but a lot of, you know, teenagers I know also love McDonald's or they love whatever, God forbid, Taco Bell. I'm going to interrupt our conversation for just a sec and do a little cross promotion of another podcast on the Headstuff Podcast Network. It's called Agony Rants and we're big fans of this one. It's um, Eurovision winner Neve Kavanagh and our friend and comedian, <laughs> we're claiming him, that's his new title, we're just friend claim and him. comedian, uh, Gerald Farrelly. Um, where they get down to the bottom of problems from their listeners that they've sent them in. If they don't solve all your life's problems, you'll at least laugh away your worries. I've listened to this so much. It's so funny. Big fan yes. of Garode, though. He's absolutely hilarious. And him and Neve together, the banter that they have. It's so much fun. Hi, I'm Gerald Farrelly. And I'm Neve Kavanagh. And we have been friends for a very long time. And we regularly solve each other's problems. And now we'd like to solve yours in our podcast, Agony Rants. It's a weekly show where we offer you unwavering support. It's true. And it's the place to go if you need a place to vent or to get thoughtful advice. It's a serious lawsuit waiting to happen. Now, Grode, there isn't a problem that can't be helped by having a comedian and a Eurovision winner dissected before your very ears. Agony Rants is 40 minutes with two friends who just want to listen to you. Neve wants to listen. I dip in and out. Agony Rants has a new episode every Monday and you'll find us wherever you do your listening. That is Agony Rants and as I said it's on the Headstuff Podcast Network. You can find it on the website along with ours and all the other podcasts in the network. Um, there is a membership that you can join. It's five euros a month. And as a Headstuff Podcast Network, you get access to all of the um, episodes from all of the different podcasts, plus any bonus material that we might record um, or any merchandise or anything else like that. There's lots of little extras that you often get. So we just ask for your support. We'd love you to um, support us and support all the net, um, sorry podcasts in the community um, because we're worth it, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, so that's headstuffpodcast.com. So we're going to go back now to our little chat. And I feel like um, when we started to talk about Irish fast food, I wanted to, I suppose, I suppose speak about it in general. And for me, I feel that Ireland has a really strong relationship with fast food um, in terms of definitely from my experience or my learnings and even writing and, and speaking to people about it at festivals and conversations when it comes up. Like we tend to... Um, you know, it's definitely we lean on it for comfort. We make a lot of things into kind of fast food like, OK, we have the Irish chipper and we all definitely go there for certain things. But even like, you know, when the kebab came from Turkey, like we turned that into a definite fast food here. I know it is a fast Irish food in Turkey as well. are delicious. Like they yeah. are so good. I mean, you can just and, you know, and the problem I think here is, is that a lot of people eat them when they're not sober. But like you have to appreciate just yeah. like it's gorgeous meat it's oh my gorgeous god it's bread. So good. and like you've got like the vegetables and it's one of the healthiest things that you can get when i was in istanbul it, the kebabs were just the best things i've ever eaten i think that that's definitely a nation in turkey that they have a lot of foods that would be considered fast food um yeah i really loved the food over there and then also we have things that we kind of like appropriate or we make fast food up so we've got like the jambon which is, mm. I think, an Irish thing that's just been created. If anyone doesn't know listening, it's like a pastry parcel with bacon and cheese or ham and cheese in the middle. It's greasy and disgusting. It's beautiful. 
um, sausage rolls from a petrol station, mm. hash browns from a petrol station. Breakfast rolls. Breakfast rolls, chicken fillet rolls. We also have taco fries, a completely <laughs> legitimately ripped off. I don't know where, what country it's even I think it's to. actually just Irish. Oh, no, it is Irish. Yeah. You can't get them anywhere else yeah. in the world. Um, obviously, some sort of Mexican flavor in there at some point. But uh, I didn't, it's very, very far from anything coming out of Mexico. Um, also, um, the spice bag, the spice guys. Bag. How could yeah. we not Hello. mention that? I mean, that's the fast food that was also created here. I think we create fast food here as well. Yeah, the three in one, point. the three in one yes. chicken <laughs> balls. I did a demo with Eva Pau at the weekend at Meow Flower Festival as well. And she did her sweet and sour chicken. And she talked about how, you know, the Dublin versus Sing- or Dublin versus Hong Kong style sweet and sour chicken. And hers was beautiful. And then she had the three in one, which is like chicken balls with rice and chipper chips <laughs> and then covered in the sweet and sour sauce. Or curry sauce. So, or curry sauce. So, Sorry, yeah. um, so a story. Um, there was a lady who was hitting on my husband at a pub, <gasps> and I came over and you know said something, and she looked at me and said to him, "Oh, is she your three in one?" Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. <laughs> Just wanted to share that. that. Yeah. I shouldn't laugh at that. I'm so sorry. That is horrendous. <laughs> I know it's pretty funny though. It's. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I can only laughing because you said it, and it's you. And, and but what if I did heard you say, it, May? Well, because I didn't. At a loss for words, no, like. because at the time I didn't know what a three and one was. Oh, so you so I was just like, and like so she was you asking know, you for a menage a trois. Exactly, <laughs> and you know, and my husband was like, "Well, that's kind of racist," and I was like, "I don't know what's going on here." I was like, "Because I thought it was menage a trois." It is racist. It's really bad. It's I just really laughed because you said it, and you were laughing at the same time. I'm sorry. I'm appalled by that. Totally, genuinely. <laughs> But um, yeah, so the three and one, I mean, three and one, two and one, all those. So Irish people have this culture of creating our own fast food, even yep. from other cultures. And um, but also, yeah, we love like we love a takeaway. I mean, like weekends here are about Friday nights, everything. I'm not saying obviously places like America and everything. Takeaways are huge as well. But we do have a very large fast food culture, I think. I was going to say the most fascinating fast food restaurant I've ever seen uh, was in Peru. It was called Bembos. And it's a place where they've co- they've gotten Peruvian food and integrated it into the menu. So you have burgers that instead of me- being made with meat patties, they're made with tamales. Oh, so wow. it's like a corn dough with meat inside. And it was insanely delicious or they have versions of traditional dishes like the you know the chicken um ají de gallina whatever incorporated into a burger and i thought that to me was one of the best fast food concepts i've ever seen because it was really fast food and it was burgers and it was kind of like hot doggy whatever and they had the inca cola which is that beautiful um sparkling drink they have in peru mm. uh, which is like a coke but it's made with this herb called yerba luisa i i, I forgot the name in in English, but it was just so well done. It was like, mm-hmm. wow. And, and like, we don't have anything like that in Spain. Like, the closest would be Cien Montaitos, but Cien Montaitos is kind of just kind of cute and posh, you know? But I also think that, right, one of the things about the fast food places that we love is that it actually takes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And um, and then um, on top of it, I like, coming from the U.S., I remember when fast food was, uh, when there was a feminist aspect to fast food. Right, because mm. it takes the women away from the stove, and um, I think Gloria Steinem—I might be wrong—was um, behind um, some of the advertisements f- 
behind that. And, you know, it, it's because fast food itself, it's like if you try to duplicate that, and you know, when you're talking about the Peruvian mm-hmm. place, right? if you try to duplicate that at home, it would take you ages. And it might also yeah. be, it might also cost you way, way more than if you just bought it at the mm-hmm. fast food place. Because KFC also did this thing where it's like um, you had the woman shopping and, you know, just dialed up, you know, all the cost and the ingredients to make fried chicken. And then they were like, and then our bucket costs 50, like 50 percent less. I mean, it's just it's this is fast food, right? Yeah, It's interesting as well. I think here in Ireland that, you know, it's fast food, especially I think coming from Tipperary down the country, like, you know, it's not seen. I think there's an association with fast food being a bad thing, maybe because, you know, mm, it's yeah. un- seen as unhealthy because a lot of it's fried and, you know, fried and fat or whatever. But down the country, a lot of a lot of fast food is like when you sometimes you go out and you sit in and you eat it, you know, it's it is a night out. There might not be a whole range of restaurants available in your local area. So mm. going out to eat, that's why, you know, a lot of chippers have dining like tables inside like we used to go to the chipper sometimes um we had a fusco's in Roscrae. it's not there anymore but they had the kind of you could go into the chipper takeaway but then at the side i know leo burdocks and rat mines has this as well at the moment where there's like some booths that you can sit Mm. in you can actually have your your food in there so and also um like when supermax came to Roscrae, i think it was in the 90s and boyzone came down and opened it we were all very excited (laughs) (laughs) and they we you know it was such a big thing it was such a huge thing and like people still go there on like Sundays or Saturdays with their families and it's in the same way I suppose Mm. people do go to McDonald's and stuff like it is a family treat it's a treat I mean and and definitely definitely like you know there's not other amazing family restaurants maybe to bring your kids in certain areas in the countryside and as well, I have to give a mention to Barack Obama Plaza because I'm yeah. from I'm from that country. Um, it's just out the road from Ross Gray. And like there's so many fast food places within that petrol station. And of course, it's for people stopping on the main road down to Limerick or wherever you're going. But it is also for people in the local area. Well, it's a huge it's a big employment um, center as well because so many people work out there. But also people go out there to have Sunday lunch or you know Saturday lunch with friends or something like it is a, a spot so fast food isn't necessarily seen as a bad thing you know mm-hmm. what I mean like it's mm-hmm. like this is where we go to eat this is what's so bad about it um also just from my childhood um uh I think one of the reasons why we loved road trips I'm talking about Barack Obama Plaza like what <laughs> we loved about road trips is that it's the excuse mm. to be able to eat fast food like that is something that you look forward to do you As have part a of the favorite petrol station fast food, mm. whether here or in the states? Uh, not really. I mean, I have um, I have favorite fast food places in the states. What's your favorite fast food? In the uh, states? It's gotta be okay. So it's probably Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, we used to have Dunkin' Donuts here in Ireland. Um, it was so random. Super sort of that's Boston, right? Yeah. So it's like so you got the donuts, you got your hash browns, and you got your breakfast sandwiches, um, and then there's this other place. Um, that I think is just Connecticut and um, our former co-host Julia and I talk yeah. about this it's called Duchess it's so good they have this veal parmesan sandwich mm. and this aubergine parmesan sandwich and it's like slightly sweet squishy bread and really good french fries and also chili dogs wow yeah mm. I mean and chili yeah. dogs in 
chili, chili dogs. Well, like in New York, I mean, getting a chili, chili dog dogs. on the corner of somewhere is just like divine. Also, the taco trucks in New York, like mm. also fast, fast food, but Blanca will kill for a corn dog. I love corn dogs. There's a guy I who does a great corn dog love. in Ireland. Oh. Yankees corn dogs. He's always at big grill festival every year. Yeah. But his corn dogs are incredible. I, I just it's love close to the real deal. No, that's one of my favorite. But I was gonna say when I was in college, my favorite like place when I was in Virginia was. White Castle. Like oh, we would always I've only heard about that in movies and stuff. And I'd be like, I want to go to White Castle. And they would have miniature burgers. Yeah. And they were so Sliders. good. I just, I remember just being like, oh, White Castle, White Castle. And I was very kind of, um, should I say binary? Like our friend Julia Langbein. I really loved going to like, oh guys, let's go to Ethiopian or sushi. I was really kind of avant-garde or whatever. But then I'd be like, I'm eating Velveeta mac and cheese for dinner and then tomorrow I'm going to White Castle. So my friends always says, you're like so trashy and classy at the same time. We don't get you. But I love White Castle. I would still die. Is oh. it still available? White Castle's still around, I think. Oh, I mean, we have there. to, we kind yeah. of check it, but you know, I think it's yeah. still around. I, when I was growing up for me and I, I think it's you know obviously a reason why McDonald's is so popular with families but you know the happy meal collecting the toys oh. getting getting toys with food I mean you used to get it in like Rice Krispies and Kellogg's you know certain Kellogg's breakfast cereals when you were a kid I actually just heard someone mention it on the radio or oh, used to get I used to get vinyls you used to get like vinyl the small what's the 45 inch vinyl is that 45 center 45 inch are we dating ourselves yeah I know <laughs> they were like stuck to the packet and you would collect them and stuff um, but also McDonald's. Yeah, they would have so the I had McDonald's a collection so of all of the Ronald McDonald and what was the weird villain and chip guy as well. Anyway, all the characters. Hamb ham hamburger. Yeah, hamburger. Hamburglar. Um, I used to collect all of those. And it was kind of like when you were with, with friends, you'd be like, oh, I have some of these because it meant you went to Dublin which was also cool because there was no McDonald's down the country. Like when the McDonald's started to make the wave down the country, it was, I mean, a big deal. A big, I had a birthday. big deal. I had a birthday. Did you McDonald's have a birthday McDonald's? I, I think I was eight in yeah. El Salvador. No, totally. And Ronald McDonald was there. Wow. And it was amazing. And then somebody so gave me a yellow and blue teddy bear that my mom always said, you love that teddy bear. It was horrible. But I do remember the excitement of all my friends. Like McDonald's to me was just... You know, McDonald's, I think, yeah, exactly. was eight, it's paradise, think, yeah. though, like yeah. when you're a child and it is, it's so special, like for whatever yeah, reason, yeah. like whether you're going up to Dublin and whether you're collecting the toys or for us, it was always you would do it once a month or maybe once yeah. every two months. Yeah. And it's just special. I think as well, the everyone. Yeah, like everyone has a fond memory of a McDonald's probably or related to something to do with it. But um, from from when they were growing up. I see that there is a petition. I only saw this online yesterday. A petition to bring back the ice cream sundae to McDonald's. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that so funny? Oh, my god! People are so, like, people are very, um, you know, they have they have such ownership over, like, certain nostalgic foods yeah. and things. It's yeah. so funny. I was going to say that um, a lot of my foodie friends, when they travel, they make a point to go to the McDonald's just to check out and see how it's different how or? it's different right like it's like like obviously like in Mumbai you can't have beef burgers so what do and they the ones in France are so French yeah exactly right like you have like a McChevre you can get beer you can get beer you can have McChevre like it's like all of this stuff it's like represents the country Remember that famous quote from Pulp Fiction where um, Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta <laughs> their characters are having the discussion about what they call uh, the burgers in yes. different countries it's yeah, so it was, funny. What was it? Like the French one was the the royal McRoyal 
Royale. Ro- the yeah. Royale. Yeah. yeah. Royale with cheese. Yeah. Royale That's what with they cheese. call the cheese <laughs> or the chicken one or whatever. Yeah. It's really, really funny moment <laughs> in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. They're, I mean, they've been immortalized. I mean, they're in, you know, McDonald's and Burger King and wherever they've been immortalized. Taco Bell. First time I went to a Taco Bell, I was just, I thought, because I'd heard so much about it in movies. Just, yeah, it was amazing. Lily Ramirez will hate me, but I love Taco Bell. Yeah. Yeah. I don't love it so much anymore, but I used to think it was, oh my goodness, this is fascinating. But uh, um, we did, we, I did some research, I think, for another episode, and I found that the founder of Taco Bell copied the idea from a Mexican family that was across the street. Yes, and of course. then right. he kind of made that business, and he copied exactly the same recipe. So uh, a researcher who's also, he has a podcast and he has write, writes book, wrote about that um, story of how he stole everything from this family. And th- apparently that restaurant's still there. The other thing yeah. we haven't talked about in terms of fast food is how healthy fast food is now such a big thing. Like, I mean, Sprout. as in, yes, yeah, Sprout & Co. Oh, in Sprout. Ireland. Oh. Um, Sweet Green in New York. Yes, insanely good. And umi falafel. Like well, umi, that's that's umi. my that's my that's oh, my fast food go to. The Palestinian with oh yeah, God, the Palestinian the with like, and I always get the extra aubergine. But yeah, <sighs> so good. Yeah. Um, in fact, I might eat that after this. <laughs> um, but also, yeah, you have like freshies, you have mm-hmm. chops, you so have all many, these different, yeah. and I think it is that they are fast food, but they're just serving up, a, I suppose, a healthier version of you know what's what you think it's healthier anyway I suppose in some cases it might not be as much um, Leon in the UK does mm, did yeah. really really well based on that as well um, it didn't do so well over here I think it's closed now but um, yeah they she has a chain of, of stores in the UK I used to always love going there when I'd, when I'd head over there because they're in some of the airports as well mm. Pret-a-Manger is Pret-a-Manger. not Pret-a-Manger is not maybe healthy but it's healthy-ish yeah it's, it's definitely the kind of I suppose those sandwich kind of fast food places I mean like the O'Briens in mm. Ireland you know they're, they're definitely part of the fast food mm, yeah. network of places as well aren't they always I think you said earlier Blanca, but you are right it's something about chains of places that makes it makes you think about fast food yeah. Um, yeah. whether it's healthy or not yeah Pret-a-Manger just opened on Dawson, Dawson Street, Street yeah. yeah I love Pret-a-Manger I was going to say in Spain <laughs> Bocadillos is also like the fast food and the thing is in the past Bocadillos was something that you had like a little shop that did them and they'd be like potato omelette like uh, tortilla it would be ham it would be chorizo and I love that and that would be a lot of fast food so the my favorite one is just like an egg omelette in bread like and that would be like fast food and at home i remember my cousins would always complain like mom i don't want to have tortilla again and when i mean tortilla i mean just the omelette but i think in in spain when people think fast food it's always an egg omelette stuck in a bread with nothing so you know people who are from other countries come to spain and they're like that's so simple that's so boring where's the sauce where's this and we're like no no we love our bocadillos just as plain as possible and, and it is our fast food and they have them if you go on a road trip you stop in a gas station they might have like a bar and you say can I have a bocadillo de chorizo de, de tortilla de whatever and you, that's the, the fast food on the road but now those have become more chainy you know there's more of them mm. can I ask you guys um, what is so when you're growing up or even now like what is your attitude towards eating on the street as opposed to sitting down, right? Like, so if you're, you know, like eating a sandwich on the go. I 100% don't mind. Okay. But I think, you know, some things are easier to eat on the go than others. 
but I feel I usually I usually sit down somewhere to eat it if you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I'm, I might stand outside like Bambino's you know this is very New York pizza <laughs> slice place in Dublin you know I'd stand outside and have a pizza slice um, but if I buy a sandwich or something I might head to a park or okay. you know that kind of way if I'm not or, or if I'm heading on a bus you know something like that I'd eat it there I wouldn't necessarily walk and eat at the same time but yeah I'm yeah. happy to eat food on the street I, I, I don't love it but I do think when you look at the tapas culture if you look at a street that has mm. a lot of tapas bars because to have a tapas culture you need to have one street that has a lot of tapas mm. bars you see people are eating on the street but they're just not moving they're just standing there with their but fans. you're not yeah because like in New York we yeah. walk and eat and I think that that is yes. actually just something that is kind of un- unique to being American because I yeah. think that that's kind of frowned upon. Like we got 99 cent slice of pizza and it's got folded over and we're just like yeah. poking yeah. down Madison Avenue. Yeah, definitely. Notice that over there. It's Yeah, it's not so much done here. People stop, definitely eat, then go. Like there is yeah. time. I think that's the thing is there's no time in New York. You have to keep moving. But um, also I was going to say around in Dublin, uh, so I took my my best friend and I. We met meet up every now and again, and um, the last time we met up, I took her on a little food trail. Um, so, but like I guess maybe kind of tapas, not really tapas, but I suppose it was just like a little small bites kind of food trail. Um, just rather than doing one place because there was so many new places, and when we meet up, it's nice just to kind of go and experience a few. So in or around, I mean Dublin too, around Drury Street. And that kind of general area, there's so many different places. So we started in Glove Box in the mm-hmm. Drury Street car park. Um, and it was just before Alta had closed. So they we were able to get the oysters from Alta. So we had oysters and we had cocktails. And then we went on to um, the, sorry, that's not the Drury Street car park. That's the Andrews Lane car park. Sorry, we went on to the Drury Street car park to Amy Austin and we had wine and bone marrow um, there. We had some of that. And then we went to, oh, I can't remember the name, but now they're going to kill me. Oh, no, Juanita's on South William Street. We sat outside and we had tacos and something else there. And we finished in, sorry, we had earlier, that was where we started, and um, the Loose Cannon Cheese and Wine, which oh, I feel like lovely. is quite... Um, it's really, really cool place. So we had wine and, and like cheese and charcuterie there. Um, but yeah, so we just went around to a few different places like that. And then we ended up in the Drury buildings and we had um, more wine and yeah. a lot more wine <laughs> and, and just something more substantial at the end. But yeah, so it was it was nice to create our own kind of little curate curate <laughs> um, to do our own, <laughs> our own little um yeah, tap. I don't know if it's tapas trail or just a little food trail and do. trying it loads of different really things. Good. But didn't you do a tapas trail with Leslie Will- yeah, Williams just I to did, prove that yeah. you could like do yeah. that kind of a Spanish one in particular? It was so much fun. Yeah, yeah. we had a blast. It was like Las Tapas de Lola. We couldn't get into Uno Mas. I really, please, Uno Mas, can you please give me a dinner reservation on a <laughs> weekend in 2023? It's like we'll pe- get you in. I don't yeah. really believe that they do anything at night. <laughs> you haven't like been able to available. I wonder if it's just like, yeah, yeah, we're open, but they're not. Um, but they also so we might went, be scared of you. Yeah, yeah. no, we went to. <laughs> don't let her in. Don't <laughs> let her in. <laughs> we went to uh, Port House Pincho. It was so much fun. But what you're s- describing sounds like my dream night out. Like I don't like Let's staying do in one place. Like I'm like, ooh, you know, I'd prefer to have something here and there. But Frank's is 
Frank's amazing is incredible for yeah. having a little wine and having the, the food there was incredible. I loved it. I love that those style of wine bars. I mean, Piglet is obviously one that's been around for a long time, but those style of, you know, European. I know we are European, but you know what I mean? Like the main mainland uh, European wine bars um, with kind of more small bites kind of has started to more casual more yeah. casual kind of has Love really it. kind of c- come about in Dublin because there's just more and more places and it's so nice then to be able to do that you don't have to or if someone else joins your party then you can just add in a bit more it's a bit more casual and stuff like that I really like it but is that fast food as well did I is that a fast food no mm. it's as in it's not fast food it's just more well it's not a fast trail. food it's like fast a a tapas yeah. yeah it's like because it's not like fast food in the way that as you were describing tapas like in Spain in that mm. you're you go you're yelling, things come, you have a, like, a shot of beer, and then you're or off to the next place, or wine, mm-hmm. and then you're off to the next place. Um, so I'm not sure, because I think it yeah. will take more time. The only other place I can think of, um, well, there's loads of places I've been that where street food and things is added amazing, but um, my brother lives in Berlin, and every time I go there, the fast food over there is incredible as well. I think it's because there's such a mix of culture, mm. uh, cultures in Berlin, um, in fact, just outside his apartment block on the corner is probably the best falafel I've ever had in my life is this old man. He's there's a, a lot of um, he lives in an area, Neukölln, where there's a lot of Muslim community and churches around there, uh, mosques. So he there's a huge community. And on the corner, there's this man from Turkey and he's he knows me now. It's so funny because I've been going over for years and he's always like he barely speaks English. And I try my best in German for him to understand. But um. But we communicate through falafel, through our love of, mm. of fried mm. <laughs> fried chickpea um, and seasoning. But it's just the best. But he's on the corner and people flock to him at lunchtime and um, they do delivery and stuff like that. You know, over there, they're, they're plugged into that. But around that whole general area and around Berlin in general, there's so many amazing fast food places. Did you get into the currywurst thing? I have had Grubers, yeah. Have you, do, were you obsessed I, by it? I know some people are obsessed by it. I not so much. I mean, okay. I like it. I think it's cool. I think I prefer a, brat, what, a bratwurst. Maybe, yeah, maybe explain what currywurst is. Is currywurst is the um, it's a sausage, mm-hmm. um, like a hot dog, but it's um, it's it's like curry flavored, mm-hmm. um, and you can get different toppings on it. Um, and then it, hot dogs are really big in Berlin, mm-hmm. really really big. There's different types, and there's the bratwurst, and then there's loads of just different types, but loads of different toppings on them as well. And they're quite big, so you have to definitely it's more than a more than a tapa. Definitely, it's it's quite a big meal. But um, yeah, I mean, I like it. I didn't love it. Didn't really get massively into it. <laughs> what I do love in in Germany, I suppose in general is at Christmas in the markets where you can get the different sausages um and also the beautiful little cinnamon um mm. dusted kind of donut e mm. bites, but they do them in little bite size and you get a cone of them. They're delicious with some glue wine. Mm-mm-mm. Yum. <laughs> so have we anything else to say on fast food? I think we've covered think we've a covered lot. It. If yeah. you guys are listening and you're screaming at your podcast or phone or whatever you're going, how could they not mention this? Please do let us know. Um, contact us via hello at spicebags podcast. Spicebags.ie. Sorry. Hello at spicebags.ie. Or you can comment 
on um, the post that we'll put up for this episode or just drop us a message, a DM, slide into our DMs on Instagram and let us know what we have not talked about. I'm sure there's loads. I was actually going to say, Dee, if you want to finish up for international listeners who hopefully we have a handful, just describe a spice bag. Oh, okay. (laughs) So a spice bag for anybody who doesn't know was created in Ireland and is a Chinese fast food, Chinese Irish, let's call it. Uh, fast food dish it is a bag of chips or box of chips depending on where you get your spice box spice bag that has with has um some onion some peppers and usually um some maybe some chili as well chopped up chili and some chicken pieces that are usually the chicken pieces are like almost like goujons they're kind of strips but also the chicken balls are the best chicken balls you can get as well um, and basically the whole lot is thrown into a bag or box together and dusted with the spice seasoning. And you get this and you eat it when you're tremendously drunk or some people eat it when they're sober. But it's nice when you're out drinking even to stop and get it because obviously all the lovely seasoning is kind of salty MSG goodness. So you want to drink some more. But um, yeah, it was created. And I mean, to say that it has become a cult has a cult following or there is like a a cultish status attached to this um dish is people claiming that they're they created the original i believe people say it was created in cork it's not a dublin thing originally um there's a lot of i've noticed um another friend of ours uh, chris mellon who has dublin social also has a podcast on the headstuff podcast network that's banging he has a series of reels or tiktoks which are trying to find the best spice bag or all the spice bags in Dublin. And he's been going around trying them all. It's well worth a look. It'll make you thirsty. It'll make you. I'm, I'm just thirsty just now, <laughs> just thinking about it. But um, yeah, and if you are coming to Ireland, if any international listeners here are on their way over at any point, I would recommend adding it to your bucket list of yeah, things to eat in Dublin. We uh, would recommend Charlie's on Georgia's, South Great Georgia Street. It has a really good spice bag. We went in and tried it ourselves, didn't we, guys? Yeah, guys? yeah delicious. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's what a spice bag is. And that's why, I suppose, Spice Bags was uh, called as such, the podcast, as it is a, a mix of cultures. We're a melange. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, a melange. Um, so, yeah, that was been, that's been probably one of my favorite episodes. Thanks so much, girls, for, Thank as you. usual... Having the chats, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Spice Bags Pod. You can find our website, which has a blog on there. You'll find all our episodes on our website, but also a blog with interviews with um, people that we uh, know and love, but also um, recipes, other interesting just things that we find interesting about international food. Um, and the website is Spice Bags Dodd Pod. <laughs> It's not called that, guys. It's called spicebags.ie. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.